movement is greater than marginalization and misrepresentation. When you think about it, really sweet and simple, misrepresentation goes into discrimination, right? The lack of actually representing, um, whether it be a, a party of people, you know, a specific person, even going into marginalization, right? We're going into specifically putting people into their own, um, say, parties, right? And even with that, where does that go? How effective can marginalization really be? So I'm going to break it all down and we're going to simplify it, looking more into you all's categories um, of your industry, uh, just talking a little bit more into how you guys have experienced both, right? And how you um, really attack and disrupt that norm. I'm going to dive right on in. Uh, Vashon or Jay, whichever one, whoever want to hop in first, where would you all say in your industry you've noticed discrimination or even experienced that in particular? When, when you said this, I immediately thought back to the interview that we did with the Bulls. So with the project, we have three photographers. Chrissy is the third photographer. Shout out to Chrissy. And we were tasked with photographing like blacks joining community through basketball and what i thought was so profound about that project was when we talked about and we didn't talk before the project we didn't like compare notes we didn't try to strategize right we did our own thing and immediately we used our gifts to showcase marginalized communities and peoples that spoke to us specifically yep and I believe you, you photographed the Queer Basketball League, correct? Absolutely. Shout out to I don't Swiss. remember the name. Yeah, Swish Basketball Club. Yep. Swish Basketball Club. Yep. And what that made me think about was how we have people in all different communities that do great work and can do it for their people in their community. And I think as a photographer, there's this idea of, oh, if you know how to work a camera, we can put you in any environment, any setting, you can cover the people. And that is rock. Folks need to be able to cover and represent themselves. I remember I got a task. Some folks reached out to me. I think this was Choose Chicago. Okay. And they had a marketing campaign, and they wanted me to take photos. They were trying to get photos of different neighborhoods to showcase them and use them for marketing and advertising to show the city off and all that. And they wanted me to take photos of Chinatown, and I declined to do it. Not because I didn't think I could take nice photos of Chinatown, but my thing was, I know there's a photographer in Chinatown who right. has talent who should be covering their community. And that's one of the things that when you get into this environment where people are thinking about money before the passion, you lose that and people become greedy and they just try to take advantage of all of that. Yeah. But I think the, um, the aspect that really allows folks to succeed and when i look at folks who have come a long way or have achieved success quickly one of the common threads that i found is that these are genuine people and it's like you can take 10 photographers given the same task but the ones that are going to shine are the ones who are doing it for the right purpose they have the right intentions and they're just good genuine people and i think in this field it's very easy to look for folks who are older in a sense because with art you may think oh if you're an older person you're more experienced mm -hmm. no you can pick up those clippers mm -hmm. at a young age mm -hmm. or an old age you can pick up that camera when you're 10 you can pick it up when you're 50 years old but that's not something that necessarily represents your amount of skill the amount of time that you've been doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's something where in my field, a lot of times it's very surface level 
or you're looking at some of the same players who get all the opportunities, not trying to spread it around to others. But it's like it's up to folks like us to disrupt that, to give those spaces, to hold space and say, all right, I have this project with the Bulls. Let me showcase someone who is not normally showcased. Let me find some different people. And even in my work today, I think about that when I was taking photos of the city. I don't just stay in the loop. I try to go to the west side, go to the south side, and show other places where I have this audience. It's almost like the Trojan horse effect, right? Mm -hmm. But you have the audience. People are watching. They're expecting to see the loop every night. And then you go from the west side. Mm. And it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting it, but it's beautiful. And I've never seen these views and these images before. That's so that's so on point. I feel like you don't cut hair. So a lot of people think, well, I can cut hair. I can cut hair anywhere. And it's like, no, you got to like one of the things that I love about doing what I do is finding the people who have been chair hopping and have, are like, man, I just need this, this real simple like lineup haircut and i'm like yeah. but what else do you need right so then you start digging in and you notice that nobody else is asking those questions right you know what's your pronouns like what you know how do you want me to address you right do you feel comfortable right so it's all of those things that you don't get from other people that for me is the is the kicker for me i'm all about customer service all about making people i know i can make you look good but the feel good got to go with it too, right? I could take anybody's money because I've been cutting hair for a long time and I know what I'm doing, but all money's not good money, wow. right? It's one of the things that I learned really early on in the barbershop. So discrimination, yo, back when people, you know, perceived me as a girl, it was like, yo, but I never got my hair cut by no girl. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. Nobody cares. Right. I could cut your hair, but what else do you need? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm not with all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't need all of the, you know, the, my personal private life has nothing to do with your haircut right now the animosity you get just from being yourself Man. and from being authentic yo that's hard yeah you know so when you can go into a place and just let it down like you could just be like oh okay cool i don't have to i don't have to act straight i don't have to be trade i don't have to do that like i don't have to like you know mask myself super up when I'm out outside. You know, we can get into conversations, listen to the music that we want, set the tone, right? I think for me, that's a huge thing. So I, I'm always playing what feels comfortable to me, right? Because I think that's what draws people to my chair, right? Because I'm not charging what everybody else is charging, right? I'm charging, like, on the higher end because I know that I've been cutting for a long, a long time and I also know, like, what's your what's your worth, right? Nice. So, like, you were saying about your camera and, like, those things, right? Updating your equipment, you know, and I think with barbers, the conversation is always, like, how are you, you going to charge more money? Yep. But it's, like, regardless of, like, money-wise, like, what are you doing for your clients to make them feel that they could be paying you that kind of money? You know, what are they comfortable in your chair? Like, and even that, right? Because some barbers, like, I was a queer barber in a straight barber shop. And what does that feel like? My mm. corner had to be safe enough for you to be like, oh my God, like, I could sit here and I could be, I could be queer and then nobody's gonna attack me, right? But then I had to make sure that I was making sure that I kept it safe for my clients right. in that corner, right? In my queer little corner that I had. The right? VIP corner, bro. Like, right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, doing those things and making sure that you're blocking what everybody else is throwing. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why now, you know, I'm a barber teacher as well. I see one of my students here, Simone. What's up, baby? Yo, shout out to the <laughs> love, man. I've been hitting all waves. I've just been tapping you know way, way, way. So it's like being a teacher, you, I could also teach people how to 
to, how to implement that in their practice, right? Yeah. Wherever you're cutting hair, treat people with the same respect, right? Yeah. Always, always make people feel good. Always make people feel comfortable. So then that way, even if you're not the best, when you first start out, people are going to be like, yeah, I'll go back to you because you know what? You made me feel real nice. You remember that I told you my dog's name was, you know, Pimpy or whatever, right? right? You remember these things about me that other people don't really care about. Mm -hmm. So throwing that little extra, like, sauce of I care about you, I care that you came to sit in my chair, I care about your time, right? So running on time, making sure that those things are just like a staple, right? It's not something that I I don't play about that. I don't play about my client's time. I don't play about... Because I don't play about my own time, right. you know, and doing those things makes people feel, number one, like they're important, and two, like they're going to want to come back and sit in your chair yeah. and feel that experience again and not uh, not go to somewhere where they're getting mistreated, where they're getting misgendered, where they're getting, you know. <laughs> Bro, all <laughs> of it. Pimpy was my dog name. She was the coolest Pimpy? dog in the world. Bro, Pimpy. that's a swaggy she name. Pimpy. <laughs> <laughs> Pimpy, bro. She was 17 years old. I love that fucking dog. She was actually my shop dog. She would just sit in the Shout out to Pimpy. <laughs> if y'all can just paint the picture of your canvas, right? Because I'm looking at you cutting heads, right? Every head is different. Every hair texture is different. Vashon, every assignment is different, right? When you think of, um, you know, the, the politics of photography right when you look into the um just say uh, working in, in politics actually and working for yourself right how how would you all say like your canvas is when it comes to breaking that barrier of uh marginalization of just like specifically only being the traditional like how do you guys break that canvas with yourself and what you do in your art that's what's so beautiful about chicago like we're such a large city that it's like there's a home for everyone Right. It might not even, it might not be easy to find it, but when you find it, you are embraced and loved and kept, and that is something that a lot of people don't know and don't talk about. And as a photographer, the beauty of it is we're sh- taking photos of what we see. It's different from let's say someone who's like painting or drawing. You're creating a reality. You maybe you're creating something that you want to see. But as photographers, like, when people look at my work, some of the comments that I get a lot is, like, joy in your photos or happiness in your photos. And what I say to people is, because that's real. I just captured it. But, like, no, like, you you say my photo is beautiful. No, those people are beautiful. That black skin is beautiful. Those people are actually having fun, having a good time, and having joy. And that's something that has to be showcased. And I think with my work, what I always try to do is bring myself into it. Even with my current job, I swear I never expected to actually work in politics. Mm. And I had these these conversations, these discussions before I started this job. And one of the things that I said is I like to work as a photojournalist where I'm not going to be setting photos up and putting people together. Oh, smile for this. And I'm like, I'll go and I'll take photos for the governor but I'm going to do it as a journalist. I'm not going to tell him to smile. I'm not going to tell him to go pose this person. I'm going to take a photo and showcase exactly what it is that I see. And the reason for that is because when you look at my work of whatever I shot, whether it's of a protest, 
whether it's of the governor, whether it's something with the Tribune, when you actually go to that protest and you see them dancing and smiling and having joy, that's really what it is. What you saw in the photo is what you're really going to see in real life. When you see these people interacting with folks, like that's really what it is. So what I try to do in my field is just keep it honest, keep that portrayal of it, because we're just like creators of light and we work with light and we try to use what we have and showcase that. But it's always that idea of trying to just put out what you do and then if people come on to it and they latch on to it, then that's something that we save from it. But if you go in with the intention of just trying to get the money out of it or something like that, you're probably going to rise quickly and fall quickly. And in my last interview that I just did, literally like an hour and a half before this, the question was like, what does freedom mean to you? And it's kind of ties into my answer. And what I said was freedom means peace and being like at peace with where you are. Because if we look at the definition of freedom and just doing whatever you want, we may not ever achieve freedom because we always have like bills or some type of like authority. Like there's always things, but it's like being at peace with what you do, with who you are, and like being someone that uses social media a lot and I live my life rather publicly, that's what I construct, but also doing it at such a young age. What I always pride myself on is if I'm like, if I ever do something that offends someone or that someone doesn't like, let's have a conversation about it. I can probably find a way to explain what my thought process of it and show you that I'm not coming at it with a sense of aggression. I'm not coming at it with malintention, but trying to just be someone in that space that can bring it together. And I think all of this kind of wraps up, whether it's like, you know, cutting hair or taking photos, the idea of like, providing therapy for people giving like when people look at the images like oh i needed to see this or this image made me happy or it made me smile those different aspects is what really can help us heal the city and, like create a better world for us yeah. if we take our skills and our talents at the forefront but also find ways to help shape and uh, become better people in that same process yeah, I think I think you're perfectly right. I feel like one of the things for me that I do to disrupt is, you know, just create a space that we don't have yet here. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe we have in, like, different areas, but it doesn't look like the way that, you know, my space looks like. It doesn't feel like the way my space is set up like. And I think that's the beautiful thing. I feel like for me a long time, it took me to figure out, like, okay, so what was going to be my thing and what was... And until, like, recently where I was like, actually, your thing is, like, you're a Puerto Rican trans barber that creates space for people that are just like you. And literally, it's as simple as that. Come on. And I, like I said earlier, I'm a Virgo. I can overthink and overthink. And <laughs> Yo, Virgos are masterminds, harder. though, bro. Like, don't undermine <laughs> your sign, bro. That's a, that's a powerful sign, bro, for real. It's real. I mean, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting, you know, I, I know the different sides of it, you know, but understanding, like, disrupting things means, like, making space for people who are not made space for, yeah. you know, and that's what's powerful. And like you were just saying, you know, the... The money and all of that is cool, but it's like actually making those connections as building space for people is the most important thing that I could do. You know, making space for people, not just, you know, in the shop, but outside of the shop, right? When you leave your chair, you know, I always tell people, I don't post a lot of my haircuts on Instagram, but I just cut hair and then the people will post, you know, they'll Absolutely. take their selfies, they'll tag you real quick and be like, yo, this lineup yeah. is this. Yeah. But, and it's just, so, it's a, it's a word of mouth situation for me where it's like people are always going to let you know 
I I treated you well. You look you look really good, and I'm not doing anything. But you know, I always tell people it's like polishing up a gem. You feel uh, me? Like yeah. it's already there. Yeah. I'm just yeah. doing it. All I'm doing is giving you that clean line, those that nice fade, and it's literally just all you walking out. Absolutely. And then when you leave that shop, when you leave my chair, that you feel like, man, I I did that. You know, I feel good. Now you could go ahead and attack the rest of your day, your week, you know, with with knowing, like, you feel good and you're able to do that, you know, spread that on to others. Because I think yeah. sometimes because we don't, you know, we're like, we're in trans in those different areas. But when you put it together, when you're like, okay, I'm a teacher. Like, one of the things that I do is I teach, but I also do, like, the boy talk for Brave Space. Right. But we have like a trans mask, like support group. Right. And in that group, every week is a different, you know, every we do it every second and la second and last Monday of the month. Um, And every time we get on the computer and we talk to each other, there's totally there's to everybody's coming from different parts. But when we come together, we can talk about everything and be like, oh, actually, yeah. So you're a teacher here. I'm a teacher here. I'm a teacher here. What you know, what's the what are we doing yeah. oh man you know here i'm helping you know students like understand like from real young like you know that their pronouns are important that they're that they are important yeah. and you know it's like seeing us walk around like seeing younger people seeing us walk around is what they're like oh yeah i want to be like you yeah. just offer of some simple stuff bro right just just from you living your life you yeah. taking your pictures you sitting there you know them seeing you shine is like oh wait I can do that too. Absolutely. That for me is like, that's the ultimate gift, right? Yeah. When I can get a young person in my chair, I love teenager haircuts. They're my favorite, you know, because they just, you know, they love it. They love a haircut. They love a line. They love all these things. And then you get them fresh. And like, Bro, it's oh, just man, that one line. It just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like strong. Yeah, it's a strong I, line. <laughs> I love that feeling. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So for me, disrupting what other people want to do means just shining up my people and making sure that they get to go and go off their day into their jobs, into their every day and feel as great as they can and let them show other people that this is what I do and that we could all be taking care of each other in those ways, right? Mm -hmm. If I could put all my money in black and brown corn transfers, like, Man. let's do it. Man. You feel me? Like, make that list. Trust like, fund or something. Like. <laughs> you know, because I think it's worth it. And I think that that's what people are, that's what I feel like white supremacy is not counting on for us to keep doing what we do no matter what. Yeah. Even if they try to stop us at every turn, it's like, actually, we're still shining over here and you're just mad. Absolutely. Like, y'all yeah. can try to separate us. Y'all can try to, like, you know, put us in one little box. But guess what? This little box is going to expand to, like, from a two by four, it's about an eleven by sixteen, real quick. So right. we got yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, one of those points because I do a lot of like speaking to schools whenever I can when folks invite me. I've done some photography workshops, but I had an experience about maybe a week ago, and I tweeted about this. It's like one of my What's last tweets. And I was at work. I was taking photos, and when I was leaving the event, and I was walking to my car, I heard some noise behind me, and it was like three. I'm on the south side of Chicago near uh, Gangley Stadium. And like three young black boys and they're like running towards me and look like, what's up? And they were like, we just wanted to meet you because they said they were interested in photography. And that was a moment that like really stuck with me. And one of the things that I said was how like representation and professionalism is important. Absolutely. Because I think about what life was like for me as a younger photographer, looking at people 
and looking at other photographers in positions of power and being like, I want to be like them. Um, my last little tidbit, um, what would you guys say, you know, or at least advice to people who feel like they are either being one discriminated in their industry two separated or divided because of who they are and how they identify. Um, and three, just feeling like they don't even really know where to fit in because of those two things or the fear of being discriminated. Like what, what would you say to these people? I would say, like, number one, for me, what worked was, like, finding my people. Find the people that you, you know, it wasn't always hard for me to find, like, another, like, queer trans barber somewhere. But it was, like, finding, like, the customers that I wanted to service and that, you know, wanted to come and were looking for what I offered, right? So I think one of the things that I did was, you know, make sure that, you know, I tell, you know, my clients, you know, tell whoever you need to that, you know, I'm here. Um, try to find people that are doing similar things to you, you know, even if it's not in the same field, right? Because I think I've learned from a lot of my friends that are activists and that are, you know, doing their thing in their perspective, like roles and their jobs that it's not, you know, nothing with cutting hair, right? But I think that finding those people and seeing them like carve their niche is like, okay, cool, then I could do that too. You know, so one of the things that I did was, you know, I just started working from home and kind of like honing like what I wanted to do and who I wanted to service. And that helped me a lot because then I didn't have to deal with, you know, the stuff that everybody else was dealing with. Um, so, yeah, for me, I worked. I worked in one barbershop. It was in Humble Park. That's where I'm from. And it was really hard sometimes. You know, I worked there for like three years, but I tore, I was just like barber schedule. It could be like se- it was seven to seven. Mm. Right all day and mm-hmm. then I have right back problems and I'm like cool I'm just working myself down you know just and then I was like wait I don't have to do it like this mm-hmm. you know so I ended up like taking some days and be like okay I'm gonna work from home this day and that day I made more than I made you know in half the week mm-hmm. at the shop right because I was keeping the money and I was and I was servicing the people that I wanted to service Boo friends right? what so that, <laughs> like you know what I'm yeah. saying <laughs> it only seriously took one Absolutely, absolutely, bro. Had everything, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. making sure that you find the people that are gonna make it worth it for you. I mean, I've had clients that I've been cutting for ten years plus. Yeah, you know that have followed me. One of them, you know, one of my clients waited a whole year and a half to get a haircut because I wasn't cutting hair. Man, that's love, G. Come on, like <laughs> why you don't tried, have a documentary like, or go- something by now, bro? Like we need something. Right. Come on. So it's like <laughs> understanding that there's people, your people are out there. You just got to find them right. and you just got to put out the call, right? Talk to people who are working in similar fields as you or really working with the same community that you are. I feel like that's where a lot of my clients come from. My friends that, you know, are queer and trans and then they're like, yo, where you get your hair cut? Oh man, Jay, Jay cuts my hair. Then they pass my information and then I got a new client and they got a new barber. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And then making sure that you're letting people know that you know, this is what I do and I'm serious about it. And really that's that's the first step right there. You know, making space for yourself to, to have a lane, that's really all you need. Cause then the people are gonna follow. The people are gonna come. Cause you're doing it for real. Yeah. This is you. This is me all day. I've been the same since forever. You know, and the things that have changed are really just me focusing on being better, 
I'm carving that space, right? Because I didn't want to be in those spaces anymore. I didn't want to be in like toxic masculine spaces, you know. And I think that you know, not gonna lie, like you know, there's a lot of queer trans folks that are also the same way. Absolutely. So you, so you know, carving that niche is gonna be like, okay, cool. So maybe I look crazy because I don't want to be like downing like femmes, but I'm cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> like no. I respect everybody if they're in the room or if they're not in. The room. So creating those things and making that space is super important. And I think that, you know, number one is just really just figuring out what you want to do and how you want to do it. And then once you put those little things in in line, then there's no knocking you down because now you got a foundation. And once your foundation is strong, can't nobody knock you down after that. Come on, bro. We are all in situations, probably right now, where you're comfortable. You're not really happy, but you're comfortable. And once you take that leap, you're going to find yourself in the position you've always wanted to be. And I was I was sitting on these words, and then, Jay, you just gave your story. And I can literally put those three words on your story. That's you it. sat there, you worked out of that shop, you wasn't happy, you took the leap of working from home, and look at you. That's it. There you go from there. I was the same way. I was at CPS for three years as a minimum wage intern, hourly. No benefits, no nothing, working 40 hours a week. I felt that. But as a minimum wage intern, Mm. three years, I didn't get a single job offer from anybody else. When I went out and covered those protests, mind you, I'm working for CPS covering anti-CPS protests without a care. Rashawn. Those people were come on. not happy. Man, come on. <laughs> That's you don't know that. You said 40 hours a yes. week? A yeah. week? Come As on, As a full-time bro. student. As a full-time college student. Like. As a full-time college student man. for all those years. Man. And I was doing that, and I took my leap, and I went out and I did what felt right. And that's the thing that I have to tell the people take that leap you're probably sitting on something you're thinking about doing you might want to do it you're afraid of the outcome life is short see someone put in the comment there too life is precious take that leap and do it for your happiness do it for your sake do it for you and then from there everything else will follow absolutely yeah from there you can't lose yeah yeah yeah